the the most important thing I think is to is to figure out I mean a plan I think a plan is is super important you know develop a plan uh, and a strategy that you know that you, so you can really understand your product or your service where it fits in the market uh, you, you know you do some business modeling and some financial modeling you figure out where your break even point is and um, and then do some market and some development and, and marketing strategy and then and then in general just really stick with it and be consistent This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several businesses um, to seven and eight figure companies, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the podcast, Andrew Lees. And uh, Andrew, uh, he, uh, he grew up when he was young and always knew he wanted to be an entrepreneur. I think he mentioned that he had, a, when we talked before, had an, an engineer grandpa, showed him that, uh, what it was to be an inventor. He didn't necessarily know that he wanted to be an entrepreneur at that time, but knew that it was cool to be an entrepreneur and inventor and had some of that guidance in his life. Went exactly. into aerospace in college and uh, went into that, did business in a bit, found quickly that he didn't love big business. And so figured, or then he decided to figure out a different path and had lots of ideas, everything. I think he mentioned from a rapid beer cooler to a quick release for a surfboard and i'm sure you'll get into some of your great ideas but then settled on what you guys are at today with grass racks and kind of what you're doing so with that much as an intro and i'm sure i skipped over all the best parts but uh, welcome <laughs> onto the podcast andrew thanks Devin. yeah i really appreciate it it's great to be here so i gave kind of a quick and brief intro over uh, a much longer journey but let's dive into it a little bit so maybe uh share kind of uh where your journey started and let's hear, or have a good conversation yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit on some great points, um, some of the highlights. And uh, yeah, I started my entrepreneurial journey as a kid. Um, I, like you talked about, I had, I always had an inventive spirit. Always, um, I love taking things apart, uh, putting them back together, figuring out how they work. So um, I had that, I, had, I was really kind of mechanically inclined. I love to, to build things and, and, um, you know, figure out how they work and how I could maybe improve upon them, you know, how I could, uh, I was always, always looking at something and thinking that's cool, but how can we make it cooler? You know, how can we make it better and, um, more functional? So, um, I always had that. I had a bunch of ideas as a kid, uh, like, um, like an, I had an invention that helped you and a lot of them had to do with, you know, the, the my daily life, like what, um, what I was struggling with, like cleaning the, the kitchen table after dinner, I had a little little thing that would help like just sort of sweep crumbs into wherever, you know, <laughs> it really just moved them around. It really didn't. <laughs> but it as wasn't... A, little, a little kid, you like I created the world's best invention ever. It's going to be life changing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't figure it out, but I definitely wanted to to make something that helped me make my bed. I think that's every that's got to be every kid's dream at some point is to you know to invent something that'll help them just make their bed. So I would say uh, that's as much as an adult as a as a kid. That's true. The, yeah, the kid, their adults have just a harder time. I was I was in college. I don't think my roommates half the time ever made their bed. So it's a it would be a great invention if you come up with the come up with that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Definitely have to consult with kids on that one because they really know the struggle just just as much as everybody else, for sure. Um, yeah, so I started with that, started that having that um, mechanical, you know, inclination. And but I also at the same time, I also knew I also had an idea that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm. I just didn't understood what I just didn't understand what that meant at the time. Um, and I didn't I just, you know, assumed like entrepreneurship was, you know, you were inventing things, you were inventing a, a product or, you know, something like a widget, or, you know, or a toy or, you know, something that, that people could use. But I didn't really understand that um, entrepreneurship is more than that. There's a lot more, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to business and there's a lot more opportunities than just, you know, coming up with a, a physical product. Mm. Um, but, but I mean, I, I always, I always had, I, that, that was always where I wanted to, I think, carve out uh, my place in entrepreneurship is with product development. So, um, yeah, so I, uh, you know, wanted to, always wanted to sell something too. I wanted to, that was part of it. I think three, the three things for me that really finally all clicked maybe after college really uh, is that uh, I liked physical products and figuring out how they worked and how I could improve upon them. So that was the mechanical part that I always wanted to make money. I always wanted to, um, to be financially independent. Mm. And so, so that was a big part for me and bless. And, uh, and then the third thing was really that I, I, I always thought it was, would be so cool to have something out there in the world, like a physical tangible product that people could use and, you know, like it helped them in some way in their everyday life. And, uh, you know, at, at, and just a complete stranger, like having complete strangers buy your product and like it is just was the coolest thing to me. And it still is um, still super. And, and that's kind of where you got today. But I, I want to jump back just one question and kind of come up as you, you talked about your journey. So yeah, I had kind of that inclination, you went into aerospace, was that because was that kind of because you like to take things apart and you thought it was cool or what what took you to aerospace because it seems like you know you could have gone anywhere from engineering you know electrical engineering mechanical engineering software you could have gone physics and so what what was it what was it about aerospace and then you know then I have one follow up question we'll let you answer that one first yeah yeah definitely so um, aerospace I I, I mean. So I think I got it. This is going to sound super cheesy, but I love Top Gun as as a kid. I mean, I still that's my favorite movie of all time. And we're supposed to very it was supposed to come out say. with a sequel to this in July, and then that got shut down. So I was very I'm, yeah, I'm so mad that they can't just release it on demand, just like you know, just like other people you know do now. You know, where I just want to stream it in my in my home, even if there's no COVID. Like I don't need to go to the theaters to watch Top Gun. I'm you know, so. All right, uh, I won't yeah. too much salt in that wound, but so you love yeah, Top yeah. Gun, that was the influence. <laughs> yeah, so I love Top Gun, and I really, I wanted to be involved. So this is another thing as a kid. Um, I wanted to be involved some, I thought maybe I wanted to be involved with uh, airplanes or spacecraft at some point in my life, but I didn't know exactly how, you know, and I sort of put that on the back burner until I got to college and realized, oh, hey, there's, um, I went to Lehigh University for mechanical engineering, and they offered a, the year that I graduated, um, they started off, or my year was the first year that they offered a minor in aerospace engineering. 
So my roommate at the time uh, was also, he was also a mechanical engineer. And we both decided that we would uh, put ourselves through the aerospace minor, not realizing that that was just going to make our junior and senior year like a living hell. Where other people were sort of ramping down, we were just, you know, we were just going up. We, other people have, even in engineering, have plenty of time and we, we didn't at all. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like, you know, that, that love for, um, for stuff like Top Gun and, and having an interest in space and, um, and, you know, space exploration and, and just thinking that spacecraft in general are, are so freaking cool which I still do. I just wanted to be involved. And, and I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be a pilot. You know, I figured like flying fighter jets or something meant military, um, like, you know, Navy or Air Force or something really wasn't interested in that. Um, respect the heck out of people who are. But um, so I figured, hey, next best thing might be to just design them work, you know, and work on them. So, so that's kind of where that, that came in. And I mean, I still have a love for that kind of thing. Um, and at some point, maybe I'll, in my life, maybe I'll dig back into it in some way. But um, I mean, it's just, it's just really cool. And now, now we're seeing uh, companies like SpaceX, Elon Musk doing some just insane things in that field. And, and at one point, that's kind of what I thought I wanted to do. So but then as you as we talked about you, so then you read, that was kind of led you up to going into aerospace went into that and you graduated, went and worked for a big business. And you, it sounds like kind of quickly found out you didn't love working for big business or that wasn't where you saw the life's journey taking you. Exactly. Yeah. I worked right out of college. I worked for a company that designed and built power plants. Um, there were about 20,000 people in the company when I started, uh, when I left there, they merged with another, another business. And, uh, there were about 40,000, uh, people in the company at that point, but either way, <laughs> it was. I worked in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, that office had nine hundred. That office alone had nine hundred people in it, mm. and it was just like it was too weird to me to ride the elevator every day. And and almost every day for over a year, I didn't. I I very rarely knew the people in the elevator with me. Mm. You know, there were so many people at the company. And I'm sure there's there's some people listening like 900 is not even a lot. There's, you know, 10,000 in my office or something. Well, not anymore. But, um, you know, it just I, I just didn't love um, how impersonal it was. And you could get lost. Uh, and I didn't want to get lost. I think some people, maybe they do want to get lost. Maybe they do kind of want to just, you know, fade in behind the water cooler and just not be noticed and just sort of ride it out until retirement. But that was, that was definitely not me. And, mm. um, the work I did, I was doing at that time, I was doing a pipe stress analysis at, you know, for, for that business to analyze piping systems and power plants, make sure, figure out where and when they were going to fail and then design support structures for them. And, um, it just, it was, it was something I knew that I didn't want to do forever. Was, so. That wasn't going to be your life's passion, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I knew I had to get out and do something different. So you, so you have that realization, hey, I've got to get out. This is not going to be my life's passion. It's not where I want to be for the rest of my career. And yeah. so did you, did you quit that day and start inventing? Or did you do the things <laughs> on the side and you built up a side hustle that you jumped over to? Or how did you make that transition once you kind of realized this isn't going to be the passion that I want to focus on for the rest of my career? Yeah, well, I had, I had always been 
um, even th- like through the end of college and, and after I had uh, consistently been working on a couple other projects. So um, I even thought right after college, I had a couple months off before I started working for this company. And, and I thought I had a product that I was designing and I was going back and forth to Lehigh actually, because they had a, a prototyping machine, a real old 3D printer that, that I was, that they let me use. And so I was using that to make prototypes. I'm like, man, if I get this thing figured out and, um, and this takes off, you know, in a couple months, I don't, I don't even have to go work for this company at, at all. <laughs> so I, that was, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't realize that, you know, that, that even if I had figured figured out my product a hundred percent. There was so much more, so much more to it. I was so a little far. bit more to business than just the product. Not that the yeah, product's yeah. not all important, but you have building yeah. it, getting it funding, product or manufacturing, marketing, sales, all of the above. And so yeah, I think that that's it's a great first step, but it's far from the last step, right? Exactly. Yep. I, I was a little little naive at the time. And uh, but I had so yeah to answer your question, I had been working on products you know, while I was working there. So I would uh, go back from work and I would, um, I actually, I got a, um, a CAD license, a SolidWorks CAD license through my, one of my professors at Lehigh, I got a student version Mm. and I just paid him a couple hundred bucks for that or whatever it was. It was really cheap. And Mm. then I just was working on CAD all, you know, all night after I got back from work. So I was at least, um, that product never, never went anywhere, but I was at least kind of honing my CAD skills and learning about that, which would take me into the next phase where I started actually doing product development for, for another company. Okay. So now you, so you switched, you went from the big company, you went and did product development for the other company. So now where does that lead you to where you're at today with the, I think it was, you know, you have your, your own company, you were an entrepreneur and you run that. Mm -hmm. How did you make that transition or, you know, how did that all play out? Yeah. So I started, you know, I realized that product development was really where I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to work for a small business. Um, I, I, and then I, at the same time, I kind of knew that eventually I wanted to start my own business of some kind, but I, you know, I wanted to at least get out of, of, uh, doing pipe stress analysis in New Jersey. So, um, so I, I jumped ship there and I started working for a product development company outside of Philadelphia. Um, and, and not too long after I started that I really wanted to develop my own product. You know, I, I mean, well, I really wanted to like pick something, you know, and really figure out something that had good, uh, good marketability Mm. and, and really dive into it and learn not just about the product development part of it, but actually I wanted to figure out how to market and sell that product and like, you know, learn everything in the whole process. So, Uh, maybe not even a year into that product development consulting that I was doing for that, for the small company in Philadelphia um, Mm -hmm. is when I started grass racks. I uh, just, just kind of dawned on me. I was still working on these other projects that kind of, I could tell weren't going to go anywhere for me. Mm -hmm. And I had all these boards, surfboards, snowboards, um, bikes, skateboards that, 
were hanging around my apartment, <laughs> kind of strewn all over the place. And I'm like, man, I got to get them up on the wall. Um, and so I checked and the, the options out there were just really junky metal, plastic, hmm. foam covered racks that, you know, you, you wouldn't even be that excited to put them in your garage, let alone in like a living space. Hmm. So I thought, all right, well, I mean, I design products for people for a living. I should be I able to do figure this, this I, out. I yeah. Why not me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I started designing and actually the first thing I did, which is funny since I, I did CAD work and product development. First thing I did was uh, I, I, di I did create a real simple design, but then before making like a real proper prototype, I got a jigsaw and a piece of wood and I just cut out a, a shape mm. and hung, you know, slapped it on the wall and it, it hung a surfboard and like that was it. So then I knew, okay, you know, this is something. And I had, I had developed a, um, a maxim, which is one of the things I want to do is not just create a nice functional rack. I also wanted to reimagine the way that things could be hung up on the wall, especially racks and shelving. So I, I designed this uh, mounting bar system, which it's kind of like um, when you're hanging uh, cabinetry, there's like a, a little metal Z-shaped bar that goes behind the cabinet and then a mating piece that goes on the cabinet and the cabinet just hooks on to that piece. So it's, it's like, it came out of the, that, you know, I knew that there had to be some easier way to hang stuff. And so I just, um, I started working on and developed that mounting bar system. So instead of trying to hang one cradle and then go up and hang the other one and, and like try and level it and eye it up and get it all, all straight, you just hang this. It's really easy to hang this mounting bar. And once you get the mount and it's really light, you put the mounting bar up, then you hook on the cradles onto that and it's, they can be moved around there. It's kind of modular. So you can make sure that, you know, you're not going to bump the cradles into, into trucks or into bindings or stuff like that. So, um, so that's, that was the real like development part of it, part of that project. So now you do that and you finally say, okay, I've gone through this journey. I got my product. I figured it out. It looks cool. And it does. I've, I've, you know, not don't own one yet, but I've certainly gone to the website, looked at it and they look really cool. I can see, you know, Hey, this is much more of a, you know, almost an artistic or centerpiece in a sense that, Hey, this would be cool. It looks nice. You can put it in, whether it's everything from a garage to a bedroom, to a living room, to an office or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, it certainly makes it look nice. You come up with this, you, you create it. Then how was, you know, how is it now shifting into, doing building a business around it did you quit your job you got that did this full time did you start it or continue it as a side hustle start to build it and transition to making it to was profitable enough or how did you do that yeah great question so i started as a side hustle um I, that was 100 percent on the side of what i was doing i had my I still had my nine to five um and i started i started grass racks i actually um, I got a strategic business partner in, well, I thought it was strategic at the time, to be honest. It was, <laughs> it was more just financial, less strategic. Um, they but have I got money, a, therefore they're strategic. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, <laughs> that's still part of the strategy, right? Um, right? So yeah, I got a business partner. He actually owned the business, owned the building that the product development company was in. So there were a few different small companies in this building 
Um, his was the main company. And so, you know, I was talking to him one day and told him about the idea and he said, Oh, that's cool. You know, that, that might be something that we could do. So, um, so we started that, uh, together. And then shortly after I got my now business partner, uh, Evan involved Mm. with it. And it's, so, so now it's just Evan and I, um, he was more on the marketing side and I was more on the engineering side. So it was kind of a good fit. Um, and, and we, we've just been kind of, we started grinding away at it. We had some, uh, we had some space that we could work out of and we were getting, we were just kind of trying to bootstrap the whole thing really. And, uh, you know, we had some money from this first partner that we could use, which, which definitely helped, especially in the beginning. And he also, uh, gave us some space we could work out of. So that was, that was also really helpful. Mm. And then, yeah, we just started, um, uh, you know, finding manufacturers, figuring out who could make the product for us. And, and we, at that time, we were doing kind of a combination of getting a, a somebody who had a CNC router to cut the parts, you know, cause we wanted really, a really, you know, beautiful, repeatable product. Um, mm-hmm. And so we sourced that and then we, we would, Evan and I would do all the sanding and the finishing and all that stuff. And then packing up all, all of the, product and shipping them out. Um, but what we realized is that our sales were kind of flatlining because we didn't have enough to, we were spending all this time Mm. dealing with the product. We didn't have enough time to run the business and do business development. So, and it was just kind of really wearing us thin. Um, Mm. so we started figuring out how we could, how we could, um, get partners, strategic partners in manufacturing who could help us to help us with the manufacturing to give us more time to do business development. So Mm. yeah, we've, uh, since, since then we've been doing that and, um, you know, working on this is it's not, we have other things, we each have other things going on. Um, Mm. but we're just building this, you know, continuing to grow it, uh, as kind of as fast as we can. And then at some point we might make it full time, but honestly, I think it'll end up just always being a part-time thing. Like I think we'll always have something else going on no matter how big it gets. Mm. So, and it's just kind of fun with a product. You can kind of, the more you can automate in the process, the more you can free up your own time to either do business development and grow the company faster or do anything else, (laughs) you know, work Mm. on another business, go play golf, go surf, whatever it is, you know? So (laughs) You gotta That's use all the parts you're hanging up. You can't just let or keep them there for decoration, right? It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't had too much time to to use those boards recently. We've been working so hard at it, so it's it's time to free up our time a little bit and go have fun. Well, that's awesome. So that's a fun journey. So well, as we start to get towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions, and so maybe we'll jump to those now. So the first yeah. question is within within your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? Um. That is a great question. Um, I think the worst business decision I ever made was, well, it turned out okay. So I'll say that. Um, But the worst business decision I ever made really was when I got my first, when I started working with my first business partner with Grass Racks, you know, I had mentioned that, you know, was kind of joking that it was a strategic partnership, but it really wasn't. I mean, um, he had money. That was cool. But 
we didn't have a plan. I was kind of, I really wanted to put something together to, to um, actually consult with somebody to help us put together a business plan or some kind of a strategy, you know, so that we could really, we could really learn more about our competition, learn more about where our product fit in the market and then figure out what our marketing and sales plan was going to be and how much money we were going to need to run the business over a several year period, at least until it really started taking off on its own. Mm. Um, and he just didn't want to do that. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I, you're, you know, you're the guy kind of need you right now. So I'll, you know, I, I, I want to press this, but I, I can only press so, you know, so much. Mm. Um, and then, and so what, what happened was he definitely helped us. It, it turned out okay because he helped us, get through the beginning and give us enough capital to really kind of kind of get things going. But really when we, uh, we, we parted ways with him uh, just because we weren't seeing eye to eye, he was getting frustrated that things weren't happening fast enough. And we were getting frustrated that he wasn't, he wasn't really, he wasn't helping with the business um, and he wasn't in, investing any more into it, even though we were still, we still desperately needed startup capital to get going. Um, so luckily it, we just sort of, we were hitting the runway trying to take off for a while. And luckily, right when that, when we split ways, we, we luckily were able to kind of take off and be self-sufficient. Um, but it just, we got lucky with timing with that. So I think that the mistake was not putting a really solid plan together from the beginning and, and not really, um, you know, you don't always, uh, you don't always get the perfect business partner, but, uh, if you can find somebody who not only, if you need money, uh, you usually need more than money, right? So like some, some help, some guidance, um, if you can find somebody who has not just money, but they have experience and they have experience with the kind of business that you're trying to run. Like this guy is great at business to business type companies, but B2C, business to consumer, just didn't know what he was doing. And if he ever listens to this, I'm not, this is like not a, <laughs> we're friends. We're friends still. We're all, you know, we're all cool. We're all friends. So it's all good. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to knock him, but he just really didn't know anything about our product at all. He didn't know anything about our niche. And he, and he really, even more importantly, he really didn't know anything about how business to consumer companies are run and, and really how you, how you do that. Cause it's a whole different thing, business to consumer versus business to business. That marketing is much different. So there's things you can do B2B that you just can't do as easily B2C. So I would say that was my biggest mistake. And, and my advice to people would be to, to make sure that you're partnering with somebody who can, who can not just help you with money, but also who can, you know, really, at least be a mentor, at least give you some guidance and help accelerate your process. Yeah. And I like that. Cause I, I think that when you go to, you know, money is always important to business, but the frustration always comes is after you get the money, you still need help with other things. You still need, you know, someone to pull on and, and investors oftentimes aren't going to say, Hey, I'm not going to come in and run your business for you. I'm going to invest in you. 
but whether yeah. it's, Hey, I can provide mentorship guidance. I can open the doors to, you know, customers or clients or people or make connections or contacts. All of those are going to be the things that when you talk almost about a strategic investor, it's got to be, Hey, in addition to just the money, what else, you know, what is, how is this going to be mutually beneficial such that it will help the business? Otherwise, when the money runs out or when, the, you know, when the business starts to take off, that be, it can create a bit of, I think, tension in the relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you don't know how much money is required to get a business started and you're just sort of, um, you know, on the one, what's that? Yeah, you're just, yeah, you're just guessing. And then, and, uh, you know, and money can run out faster than you think and businesses can take longer. I mean, I would always assume that it, that, it's going to take a business is going to take longer than you think to get it off the ground. So if you think if you're planning for like a year plan for longer, uh, you know, I mean, plan for at least 18 months, 24 months. I mean, things happen along the way. Mm. And, and if you have partners who understand the process, if you have, um, you know, if you have investors who understand like, Hey, yeah, this is, this is how it goes. We're not going to get frustrated until you hit like the five year mark and you're really still slumped. You know, you really still haven't broken even or, or we're not seeing any signs of progressing. So yeah, just work with people who understand it. No, I, I think that that's, that's a great mistake to make and, and one that often happens, but one that it's a good one to learn from. So, okay. Yeah. So as we now jump to the, the second, uh, Second question I always ask is, so now if you're talking to someone that's just getting into startups, just getting into small businesses, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Oh man, there's, there's so much, but the, the most important thing I think is to, is to figure out, I mean, plan. I think a plan is, is super important, you know, develop a plan uh, and a strategy that, you know, that you, so you can really understand your product or your service where it fits in the market, uh, you, you know, you do some business modeling and some financial modeling, you figure out where your break even point is and, um, and then do some market and some development and, and marketing strategy. And then, and then in general, just really stick with it and be consistent. You know, once, once you develop that plan and you figure out what the mechanisms are to grow your business, be be kind of be relentless, be consistent with it. You know, if you, if you say, if you realize, all right, content generation, I need to, I need to be on YouTube. I need to, it's going to be most cost effective for me to generate, to um, create YouTube videos, get them out there, you know, create helpful content that will then attract people back to my business and that will help me um, generate sales. Cool. You know, do that as much as you can. If it's, once a month, great. Once a week, you know, whatever it is, but, but be consistent with that and, and, uh, and keep going for sure. I think that's some, I think that's some great advice to everybody that's listen, looking to get their business or their side hustle going. So, well, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out, they want to buy your uh, gra or grass racks. They want to yep. learn more about the product. They want to or otherwise learn more about you or otherwise make connections, anything or all of the above. What's the best way to connect with you? Uh, so you can check out our products at grassracks.com. Um, and then if you're interested in, in taking a look what I, with what I'm doing uh, on the product development side, my website is stokeventures.com or 
I also have stokestrategies.com. That's more of like the, the strategy part of my business. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, buy your product if they have a surfboard or they have a snowboard or any, any other board that would uh, work well with it. And also check out all of your product development and strategy and, and whatnot services that you offer. So, well, thank you, Andrew, for coming on the podcast. It's been fun to hear a bit about your journey, how yeah. you've uh, gone from aerospace now to, to your own thing. And I think I'm excited to see how things continue to go for you. Um, for those of you that are looking to have your own journey to tell and love to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to reach out uh, to us at inventivejourneyguest.com and uh, love to have you on. If you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications on all the new episodes as they go out. And lastly, if you ever need any help with patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Always help or always here to help startups and small businesses. Thank you again, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. And Thanks, wish Devin. You, and wish you the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks. You too, man. Yeah, it's been great to be on the show. And uh, well, let's definitely stay in touch and, um, you know, lo- love to see what you come up with over the next few years. Awesome. we Will do.